Welcome back to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Krista from Knitsy Knits, and we're going to be talking all about how to get started knitting this winter season. Now, knitting is not necessarily a strictly a winter seasonal hobby, but it most certainly is something that a lot of people tend to look forward to and start experimenting with um, in the winter seasons. So I'm going to talk to Krista about how she's a professional knitter and all about her experience and her knowledge and how that you can get started knitting today. So let's get started. You're listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. My name is Stephanie and I'm a wife, mother of three, and the creator of the blog Winging It on the Homestead, where I help modern mothers incorporate simple living and self-sufficiency skills and knowledge into their busy lives. My goal is to help you refocus your life towards what really matters, your family as well as boost your confidence so you can start being more self-reliant and decrease your dependence on stores and commercial products. Join me as I share with you my appreciation for creating a homemade and homegrown life through gardening, food preservation, cooking from scratch, making your own products, all while keeping it all practical, intentional, and realistic. Hi guys, Uh, welcome to this episode of the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. I'm really excited for the guest I have today. Uh, We are in the winter season and if you haven't ever tried knitting, you don't want to miss this episode because I have what I would consider an ultimate expert in knitting. Her name is Krista and she's from Knitsy Knits is her um, website and her business and she is an amazing uh, creative uh, knitter and you do not want to miss this episode because she has tons of knowledge and experience that she's going to be talking with us today. So thank you so much, Krista, for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So I'm really excited to talk with you today about how to get started knitting. Um, since we're in the middle of winter, this is a really great hobby that many people may be interested in taking up. And I know you have tons of experience and tons of knowledge. So could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience, background and everything? Yeah. So, um, I've always been crafty. Um, some of the things that I remember most when I was a kid was like beading with my mom and my grandma painting shirts. Like I've always been crafty. It's kind of always been in my blood. And, um, when I was about 21 ish, um, somewhere around there, a girlfriend that I used to go and on Sundays we'd go and bike, um, do like go on long, long bike rides down Santa Monica beach and stuff. And she was like, I'm going to learn how to knit. And I'm like, and I had, I'd been working a lot at that point. Um, I was a music publicist at that point and, um, really stressful job. And I'm like, I hadn't been crafty at all. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. And so at the time I had been dating my then boyfriend, now husband. And, um, so it was a Saturday morning and we had signed up for class. We are not morning people at all. And he remembers like me waking up really early, which was like 10 AM to get to this knitting, uh, class, which was close to his place. And so uh, we took like three Saturdays in a row classes to how to knit. And it just, I, I kind of latched onto it. Um, and Mm -hmm kind of fell in love with it. It was one of those crafts that I had never done before, but um, really fell in love with it. And then shortly after that, I had sort of left the music industry scene and went back to college to get my teaching credential and knitting kind of helped me survive college. Um, I have a tough time focusing, like if I'm watching a movie or something like that, I have to be doing something with my hands. 
Um, growing up, I was never allowed to just sit and watch TV. We had to be playing with Legos or coloring or doing something. And so I found that like, as an adult, I was still struggling with, excuse me, with focus. And it wasn't like an ADD thing or anything. It was just, a. um, as I learned, because I went to get my teaching credential, I learned that, you know, physical movement with the brain are connected. And um, I found that I was really able to focus better in class if I was knitting and listening to a lecture. Um, and so knitting just kind of became this sort of like backdrop. I had to take the bus to school because parking was insane. It was super expensive. And then you had to get there like two hours early and not even guaranteed a parking spot. And so I just took the bus to school. And so for one hour each day, each direction, um, I would just knit on the bus and, um, and then I would knit through class and it just kind of became this like therapy for me to survive what was a very stressful, you know, time college. Um, and then once I graduated college, I was a teacher. And so it kind of sort of, it was this evolving thing that I hadn't planned on, but it, it worked out perfectly because I got my teaching credential. I'd always, I've always enjoyed teaching. Um, and then through the last couple of years of college, I, I worked at a yarn store and saw other knitting teachers teach and would take classes and realized how much I enjoyed um, learning. And so it kind of then, once I graduated high school or from college, I, um, I don't know, I, I just sort of started teaching little classes here and there and my teaching and my craftiness kind of merged together. And then suddenly I became this knitting teacher and that like sort of ended up being my true calling. That's really crazy. That well, not really crazy, but that's really interesting just how it kind of all molded together. Um, yeah, I never planned it. I had never, I'd, I'd always liked teaching when I was a kid. I was always that like nerdy little kid that like lined up all my stuffed animals and, and taught and, you know, had my little chalkboard and stuff. But, um, you know, teaching in the Los Angeles school district in the Los Angeles area is really tough mm -hmm. and it was very stressful. And I found that it wasn't fulfilling for me. And, but I always enjoyed teaching knitting as I started getting more involved in the local uh, yarn shops teaching there. And I realized that that was like where I needed to be. And so I was able to combine two things that I loved being crafty and teaching and boom, now it's, wow. it's kind of become my thing. So you really found a way to make some, a hobby that you love um, or a craft that you love into a actual career. Um, can you tell us how you, how you made that a like career um, at this point? Yeah, I mean, much like pretty much any kind of a teacher, you don't get rich off of teaching and you don't get rich off of knitting. Um, and so while um, teaching definitely knitting has become something that I really enjoy doing, it tends to actually not be where I make the bulk of my money um, through those years of knitting and being in Los Angeles. Um, I and just the way that I knit, I knit extremely fast and um so I started working with costume designers in the Los Angeles area, and now I knit for the film industry and, um, you know, pretty basically anybody of fashion industry, if people need stuff knit. So I do stuff like that. And that tends to be the bread and butter. But what I really enjoy is the teaching. Um, and I am not one of those teachers that goes all over the country and teaches, but when I travel, um, I do try to tend to teach where I'm at um, because it's it's always fun to go and meet local yarn shop owners and, and knitters and all that stuff. Um, and so while teaching um, is is something I really enjoy, the where the, the money actually comes in for me is working with the costume designers and, and that type of project. And you said you, you travel a lot as well. So you're able to like mold all of these different things together, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in August of 2019, my husband and I basically sold everything that we owned and we moved into a little, um, RV, a 26 foot travel trailer and we hit the road and we became nomads with our cat. And, um, I was like, I would see like, okay, I'm going to be in Albuquerque. And so I would reach out to the local yarn shop in Albuquerque and be like, Hey, I'm going to be in town. I'm a teacher. These are the classes I teach. And yarn stores love to have out of town teachers, but they can't afford to bring them to class, uh, to their, to their uh, store. And so to have an out of town teacher and not have to pay for their travel expenses is um, really a good thing for them. And so that was going really well. And then of course, 2020 hit. And so I haven't done a lot of in-store teaching. Um, I'm actually in Virginia right now, and I will be teaching a class next week at a, at a shop in uh, Virginia beach. So I'm starting to get back into the teaching while I travel. That's great. And then you also have your on an online class. Is that right? Of course. That you yeah, I have an online school called um, Learn with Nitsi Academy, and there's sort of two options. There's um, a I release two classes a month, um, the first and the 15th. And they're projects that um, are smaller, but, uh, you know, I'm going to start getting more larger projects in there sort of I get um, more more uh, time to do that. But um, and I teach the project from beginning to end. And it's not like it's not like a, a little, you know, tip here and there. It's like the full walkthrough of the entire project. And so I do that. And then um, I'm just working on launching. Um, I just launched the beginning of a learn to knit academy where if you've never knit before, you can learn how to knit. And um, I go through everything from how to how to choose your needles, how to choose your yarn, um, all of that stuff um, that's going to all be in there. And so um, that's an online school that I do, which has been really fun because I can reach more people. Um, I do miss the in-person. I always love teaching in-person, but um, you know, you can't be everywhere in the world at the same time. So uh, it's a good way to just sort of um, reach out and teach other people who want to learn how to knit, how to knit. That's awesome. So as we enter like the winter season, at least that's when this um, episode is being recorded. Mm -hmm. We are in uh, mid-November and no end of November. Um, you know, people may be interested in knitting. So how do you have any tips for someone that is just getting started or like, what would you tell them is like actually realistic for a first time knitter? I think as adults, one of the things that I see people struggle with is there's this idea that when you're an adult, you know, when you're a, a, a child, you walk for the first time, you fall down, you get back up because like you don't know any better. Um, you, you know, you you get on your bicycle and you fall and you get back on because you don't know any better. But as adults, we're like, we want this sort of to be good or excellent or perfect at something the first time we do it, because that's just, you know, we know better. We're like, no, I can, I want to be good at this. Um, and so one of the biggest struggles I see is people struggle with their first project being hideous and <laughs> it's holes and slip stitch or uh, drop stitches and knots and all sorts of a mess. And, um, I wish I had kept my first project because it was pretty ugly. Um, and so my number one tip for people is if you're learning how to knit your first few projects are not going to be very pretty and that's okay. Um, I teach dishcloths as the first projects because a dishcloth doesn't need to be pretty. It needs to be functional. Um, and so, uh, just, just take your time and know that you're learning something new and that you only get better with practice and you're not going to be perfect the first time. Yeah. That's really good. That's really cool. I like the dishwashing, the dishwash uh, cloth. So is that really just focusing on like what kind of, I guess it depends on knowing your, your knits, your, your, your yarn and your wool, right? You need to know 
your material that you're working with as well? Yeah, um, for those, it's just 100% cotton um, so that it's washable and um, all that good stuff. And the first cloth, uh, dishcloth is knit, all knit stitch. You perfect the knit stitch. The second dishcloth is all pearl stitch. You perfect the pearl stitch. And then you learn the knit and the pearl together. And, you know, in the knitting world, that's kind of it. Once you know those two stitches and you have those two stitches down, every single form of knitting, every pattern, everything is some function, some form of the knit and the pearl stitch. So it's only really two stitches that you have to really learn. Yeah. That's really cool. What are some of your favorite things to knit? Like if you were going to knit something for someone, is it, do you, do you have a go-to or does it depend on the person or? Yeah, I'm kind of an obsessive hat knitter. I love <laughs> to knit hats. Yeah. Um, yarn collecting is its own hobby. Um, I love indie dyed yarn and so I love to buy like a single skein of really beautiful indie dyed yarn that's got like great colors and like you couldn't make an entire sweater of it because first of all, it would be crazy expensive and it would be kind of like crazy because it's like a thousand different colors. But for a hat, um, yeah. you can get really fun. It's a quick project. Um, so I have a very large number of hats and I do like to design hats as well. And then I'm like super obsessed with like the faux fur palms that you put on top. So mm -hmm. Um, yeah, hat is definitely my go-to project. That's cool. Do you make your own um, templates and, and, and I don't know, knitting pants? I don't know the, the technical terms for it, but whatever you use to like uh, go through. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So knitting patterns. Um, yeah, 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 I design. Go. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people call them recipes, which always cracks me <laughs> up because it is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I pretty much design all my own stuff. Um, it's very rare that I get to knit somebody else's project. And if I do end up knitting somebody else's project, I always end up changing it um, just because I like to make it my own. And I don't know, I guess I struggle with following instructions. Like I was the kid that like colored outside the lines because it was more fun. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I pretty much design most of my own stuff, but there's some amazing designers out there. I, I don't look at myself as like, uh, like a big designer. That's not my forte. I like designing and I like doing designs that people learn new skills, but, um, I, I'm definitely more of a teacher than a designer, but there are some incredible designers out there. And I, I wish I had the time to sit down and work some of their stuff and maybe someday I will. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So when you get um, a plan or, or some kind of like project from a costume designer, is that when you have to stick really closely or do you haven't, do you usually have any leeway or how does that? Every project is different. Um, a lot of times what I'm doing is taking a piece from vintage collection and making small alterations, like um, rather than it having a zipper, having buttons and then um, altering it to fit the size of the actor and then having to alter that to fit like a stunt double or something like that. Um, every sort of design is different. Every project is different. And um, I've gotten really good at being able to ask the questions that I need to know, because what I usually get is I'll get like a message on Instagram or like a random text from somebody I haven't worked with before. And they'll say, hey, I'm shooting a commercial. How much is it to make a sweater? And it's like the funniest question because there are a thousand things that go into the pricing of a sweater. If it's a super bulky sweater, it's going to take a lot less time than if it's a thinner yarn sweater. Um, does it have color work? Does it have cables? Like there's a thousand, like what kind of yarn do you want to use? Because you can have super cheap acrylic yarn for, you know, $3 a skein, or you can have really expensive, nice yarn at $25 a skein. Um, and so, uh, it, it's one of those things where every project, when it comes in, I've kind of gotten good about asking like, okay, well, 
these are the parameters that I need to know in order to give you a price. Um, and then, and then I look at the time frame and see if it's actually doable, if it's possible. Hmm. Are you ever on a crunch, a time crunch? Oh, all the time. Oh, all the time. You have to spend oh, so yeah. many hours nonstop knitting. Oh yeah. There, there have been many times too. They're very far and few between, but when they do happen, I feel like they happen like one after another. Um, I've had to do two sweaters in three days. Um, I, I, yeah, there's, there's times where I've had to pull a lot of all nighters. Um, I did, um, I did a sweater. I had the sweater that took 48 hours and I did it in three days. And, um, it was, it was, I mean, it doesn't sound like, I feel like there was less than that. Maybe I had, all I know is I had an all nighter and then like three hours of sleep the next night. And then I shipped it. Like I, I just can't even keep track. And so I usually send my husband off to ship it because then I sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy yeah but impressive you must be pretty fast or uh yeah that's kind of how I yeah because I am a very fast knitter are you on like auto drive when you do it it depends on the project there's some projects where it's just like um you know I had to do a super long coat like all the way to the ground for a six three six foot three actor and there was a big chunk of it that was just stockinette stitch which is just knit one row purl one row knit one row purl one row and so I can kind of just like sit back and zone out and watch my ghost adventures or whatever I'm watching mm -hmm. and, um, and close my eyes and knit. Um, but then there's some stuff where I have to really pay attention where I'm working cables and I have to make sure I do increases and decreases. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I like that challenge though. That's one of the things I love about my job is every project is a challenge. Um, and uh, once it's done, I'm very happy it's done, but yeah. uh, it's a challenge. So do you, would you say you don't ever run out of things to knit then or? No. Um, first of all, I will never run out of yarn. <laughs> that is, that is something that is not ever going to happen. Um, and no, I mean, sometimes I get bored with a project. Sometimes I have to do certain projects for, for things that I don't particularly enjoy, like the process of it. Um, and my sort of key for that, if I'm not on a tight deadline for those types of projects is, um, I, I only work on them for a couple hours and then I pick up a different project to work on that and kind of try and mix it up. Um, because yeah, it, it, there are some projects where I'm just like, oh my gosh, is this thing done yet? We have a, we have a thing in the knitting world called like the second sleeve syndrome or the second sock syndrome where like mm -hmm. you knit a sweater and you get the first sleeve done. And then you feel like the second sleeve like takes forever. It's really hard to get that second sleeve done or with a sock, you finish one sock and then, you know, you might not get to the second sock. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, fighting, fighting those little bits every once in a while, um, but, you know, it, it, it's why sometimes I really like the really short deadline jobs because I'm like, okay, I have to focus on this one project. I have to get it done and then I ship it off and then I can get paid. And it's, it's a very um, quick thing. And I kind of like that. And I don't really have time to be bored. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so for the everyday knitter, like someone that does it as a hobby, what would you, would you say that it's, um, can transcend seasons? Like it's not just a winner, like what kind of stuff would you do? in the summer. Does that make sense? Like what? Yeah, there's definitely people who say, oh, I'm only a seasonal knitter or I only knit in the winter. I definitely meet those people, but most knitters, especially hardcore knitters, like don't care what time of the year it is. Yeah. Um, and yarn has gotten so diverse nowadays that, um, somebody who like say lives in Florida in the summer might knit with linen, like a knit linen, uh, yarn or a linen cotton blend. They're not going to be knitting with wool. 
Um, and so there's definitely a lot of yarns out there that are uh, warm weather fibers. Um, I don't really tend, I love Merino. Merino is like my go-to because it takes dye so well and it just, it's really beautiful and vibrant. Um, so I don't tend to pay attention to what the season is based on what I'm knitting. However, I do know that if it's warm, um, I don't necessarily want to be sitting outside. Like if I'm in Arizona visiting my family, like watching my nephew's football games, like I don't want to be knitting with wool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, there are certain, you just kind of pay attention to what your fibers are. Um, and, there's just a lot of thin, thinner yarn that you can do like a shawl, even in the summer in Arizona, you can do a shawl because it's a thinner yarn. Um, but yeah, everybody kind of has their thing. Uh, uh, most knitters that I know, they don't really care what time of the year it is. They're, they're happy to knit. Yeah. So it's way more than hats and scarves and mittens. You'd say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an endless amount of things that you can knit. Um, and, uh, and an endless amount of patterns. I mean, you could just knit shawls your entire life and never get bored of knitting shawls because there's just amazing patterns out there. Right. So what is the difference? This is from someone that doesn't know, um, is interested, but has no idea. So crocheting and knitting, do you crochet at all? Or are they completely Different. Yeah. So, um, I say that I am a knitter who can crochet. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely can crochet. I can read patterns and all that stuff. Um, I can't write a crochet pattern. Like that's not my cup of tea, but, um, I can freeform crochet. Um, so crochet is with a hook and it's one hook. It's a thicker fiber or a thicker fabric that you're creating. Um, and, um, I personally think that you have a little bit less, um, leeway of making mistakes and stuff, because, um, with knitting, if you make a mistake, you can, you have a whole bunch of stitches on your needle and you can drop down and fix it. Whereas with crochet, you only have one live stitch that you have to rip back. Um, and so I do crochet, um, I just finished crocheting, um, which I was able to announce last week. Um, they're remaking, well, not remaking, they're making a sequel to Hocus Pocus, um, Mm -hmm. Disney's doing Hocus Pocus too. And, um, I crocheted the cobweb sleeves for Sarah Jessica Parker's character. And, Mm -hmm. um, I had to make a whole bunch of sets of them and it's sort of freeform crochet, but I had to make a bunch of them looked exactly the same, but Mm -hmm. asked me to write a pattern for it. And I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. So did that come with a pattern or were you like able to go off of something they had in mind? Kind of. No, thing? they sent me a template, like a pattern template. And then mm-hmm. I freeform crocheted to fit inside that template. Um, and then I had to make my own notes so that I could recreate it. But if I had to actually make a pattern for somebody else to do it, I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Is it easy to pick up crocheting after knitting or vice versa? Would you say? Or? Um, so what I have found is if you ask somebody who does both, and say, what is easier? Whichever they learned first is what they're <laughs> going to say is easier. Right. Um, and so um, I, I know that there's a lot of knitters who are starting to pick up crochet because crochet patterns are getting a lot better. Um, and um, there's the way you hold the yarn when you knit can be very diverse. There's a lot of different ways to hold the yarn to knit. Whereas with crochet, it's more limited. There's slight difference, um, slight variations, but for the most part, there's kind of one way to hold crochet. And so, um, a large percentage of crocheters hold the yarn in their left hand. That's, that tends to be, unless you are true, a true lefty and you, um, and you crochet quote backwards, um, you're going to hold your yarn in your left hand, where a large percentage of knitters hold the yarn in their right hand. And so mm-hmm. learning how to crochet and hold that yarn in the left hand can be a struggle if you knit first and then you're learning to crochet. But, um, you know, they, 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 they're kind of like, um, I don't know, they're like 
happy little stepsisters because it's really great to have like some crochet skills if you knit or some knit skills if you crochet because um, there's a lot of things that you can do that that combine both of them. That's really cool. Yeah, I think most people I know crochet and, and not knowing the difference kind of is confusing, but that's really helpful. Yeah, well, and I think one of the things with crochet that um, people who crochet like prefer to crochet is crochet is a lot more free formed in the sense that if you want to make a bag, you can just pick up a hook and, and some yarn and start making a bag. You don't need a pattern for it. Like, you know what the general shape of it is, and then you can kind of, you know, change your colors up or change your stitch pattern up. Um, you don't really need a pattern. Whereas if you're sort of a um, newer knitter and you haven't done any of your own designing, if you want to make a bag, you're going to need a pattern and take a gauge and things like that. And so if you tend to not be able to sort of follow the rules, follow the lines very, um, that like that's not your your bag, then um, crochet is a good, a good option because it's a lot more freeformed and a lot more open to your own interpretation and sort of whatever you want to do. You can, you know, you can make the sweater and you can try it on as you go. And if it doesn't, you know, if there's something that doesn't fit, you can just rip back a little bit. Um, whereas with knitting, you very much have to have your gauge and your stitch count and, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Very interesting. Yeah. So we had just uh, got done doing a summit together and I was really excited because I love your teaching style in the trainings that you had um, and your energy and, you know, your depth of knowledge and everything. So we had touched a little bit about your course. Um, so you have a course that is for knitter, like beginner knitters, like never have knit before. Yeah. So um, how would someone check that out? Because I think that would be really helpful um, for people. Yeah, you can go to um, the website. It's knittingrockstar.com. And um, all my courses are up on there and you'll see the learn the ultimate learn to knit course. So that's on there. And then if you already knit and you're wanting to learn new skills and, and techniques and stuff, the, all my other classes are up on there as well. Um, all the projects um, for the individual um, tutorials classes. And you can you can purchase the individual tutorial as one class and have that class or you can have a membership option where um, you get um, lifetime or ac access as long as you have your membership to all of the classes in the course. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so where else can um, the audience find you? Do you have Instagram? So, yeah, or? so um, I am 99% on Instagram. That's my, I, I have Facebook and all that, but I'm, to be honest, I'm always on Instagram. It's at uh, Knitsy Knits, uh, K-N-I-T-S-Y, K-N-I-T-S. Um, and so I'm on Instagram a lot. So you can pop over and say hello there. Um, it's always me. I'm always active. You can DM me. I'm, I'm always <laughs> like checking that. That's my obsession. Uh, and then my website is explorewithnitzy.com. Great. Well, everyone needs to go check you out because you have so many interesting things, not only just with knitting and all the projects that you're into, but also you're traveling because you you just, where, you just came back from Greenland or something, right? Uh, no, right? I was in uh, Italy. I was Italy. in Iceland for a month Iceland. and then I was back for like a week or two. And then we went to Italy for a month. Um, I just got back from that. And then next year um, is going to be a crazy year. I'm actually going to be going to all seven continents. Wow. Um, there's <laughs> been a lot of travel that got pushed. And so I was looking at the calendar and I realized I was going to five continents next year. And I looked at my husband and I said, is it totally crazy of me to have this new bucket list on my item where I hit all seven continents in one year? 
And he just kind of laughed because he knew I'd already made up my mind. So yeah. uh, I figured out a way to get us to Asia and to um, Australia. So yeah, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of travel next year. Yeah. Um, and there's been some projects that I've been working on um, all through the COVID stuff. Um, and uh, I, I haven't been able to announce those yet, but those will be announced when I can. So those are really some really big projects I'm excited about. Yeah. So everyone definitely go and check out her Instagram because she knits all over the world. It's really cool. Yep. If I'm well, sitting, I'm knitting. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was, it was really great. Um, just learning about you. You have such a really awesome background. And um, like I said, you're a great teacher and your energy is really great. So um, thanks again for joining us and um, we will see you later. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. If you have not already signed up to grab my free ebook, you can go to www.yourdreamgardenguide.com. This garden guide has everything you need to get started growing your own vegetable garden this year. As always, if you have any questions, want gardening advice, or have topic suggestions for the podcast, please email me at info at